should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because until the 100 hours of free AOL internet runs out, it's what we're gonna do. (laughs) My name is Kevin and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who is currently worried he's being followed by a large man who knows how to spot Antifa by feet. (laughs) And we're also joined today by our special guest, Morgan Stringer, who, when she's not busy posting thirst traps on Twitter, spends time engaging in her hobby of disappointing her parents by adding temporary fun colors to her hair. Benedict? How much do those two things overlap, just out of interest? (laughs) (laughs) I have never done a fun, like, green or blue color or anything like that, but I'm feeling a little inspired. Yeah. You know what? You need to have it for... I thought it was you need something... to have it for when we record the second half. Yeah, I thought it was something I would have to dedicate to because, but apparently you can just wash it out. Wash it out, yeah. Whenever, yes. so. It's like the, the cheerleading squad all decides to put a pink stripe in just for the weekend meet, and they did, it's the, it's the washout stuff. Yeah. Nobody has any clue what we're talking about no, yet, we'll but this is there. just we'll for us. We'll this is all just for us. <laughs> this is our treat. Any, anyways. <laughs> there were so few Both of, them. of you. Yeah. What's something that you do that makes you self-consciously feel bougie? Oh, I never self-consciously feel bougie. (laughs) (laughs) I lean into that 100%. There is no way to make me feel self-conscious about being bougie. Next question. Um, I think, though, um, yeah, I agree with that. But I will tell you the bougie thing I'm doing at this very moment um, I have, um, I am drinking here a blueberry pomegranate oh, sparkling cute. water. Mm. Very nice. Very mm. nice. Um, I feel I'm like, th- Kevin, the actual answer for you, for me, is podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair about it. I'm sitting here drinking my canned boba oh, I ordered off the internet. Very cute. Is that, uh, oh, is that a special bubble tea straw, too? It is. I even, nice. got a, I even got a special straw very because nice. that's how special I am. <laughs> Anyways, you two probably know, but uh, some of the people out there they might not. Know I don't know exactly. if this. I don't know if this this intro even works for this what book. It is it's such a departure. That we do here on this program as Benedict talks over me, uh, and to them I would say that this is a show where we go deep, 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 deep to plumb the depths of right wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction and sometimes fiction. See, it didn't work. <laughs> you had to change it. I was right. I did change it. Anyways, both of you. Uh, we are here today, of course, <laughs> as we mentioned on last week's episode, because Morgan harassed us on the internet. Um, <laughs> Mostly and you. we didn't really have an option. I said, come get y'all's juice. And then you said, you did the reverse Uno card on me. And you said, you drink you the know juice what, with us. You know what, though? Like, hours before you tweeted that at me, my uh, sister-in-law had texted me the cover of this book. Oh, no. And told us that we needed to do it. Okay. So okay. I, I guess it's what the people want. Yeah, uh, at least two people really wanted no it, and that. therefore we can say it's what the people want. 
It's what the people want. It's absolutely what the people want. Uh, I have said many times on this show and to Benedict off the air, uh, Morgan, that you are my favorite person to ever have on this show because you come so prepared. Um, and it seems like with this book, you're doing your best to try and change my opinion of you. Um, this, of course, is, I'm referring to Ladies First, mm. the MAGA Hat Romance Book One by Liberty Adams that we will be going over today on the program. Before we do that, really quickly, <laughs> housekeeping. Remember to rate review us on no, iTunes. Give the people what they want. Get straight Follow into Follow us it. on the social medias at NYGBCBot on Twitter and at whatever the fuck Benedict is on Twitter. NYGBCBotString on Twitter. And um, housekeeping, you know, stuff I usually do. Blah, blah, blah. You all know. You hear it every time. Uh, last week, uh, I said that, uh, update, quick update, that uh, last time we heard Levin, he was talking about Tiffany Cross. That was actually one of the clips we heard on his intro episode, not our chapter one clip. I'm getting through this as fast as I can, but don't be mad at me. I'm not, I'm good. Uh, Spooky World, New World Order, one inductee this week. Ellie the Dinosaur Thief on Twitter is an inductee into the New World Spooky World Order because Ellie tweeted out on Twitter, quote, do you like beleaguered British gentlemen and screeching American chihuahuas? Okay. Do you love going over the type diarrhea of right-wing thought, in scare quotes? Then boy howdy is NYGBC pod for you. And I do have to admit, so, that's probably the best endorsement we've ever got. Can I, can I just check? Are you the American chihuahua or is that... You know what? Favorite? I had the same question, you fucking citizen. <laughs> is that but a- LA the dinosaur thief, you are now part of our... New world spooky world order. <laughs> Thank you. So, so very Can much. we induct Morgan as well? I feel like Morgan deserves to Yeah, be Morgan, you want to be part? <laughs> yes, you're, you're, I... You're part of our... Nice. Um, oh, shit, wrong <laughs> clip! New world spooky world order. I, one of these days, I will fix <laughs> the way that I address our clips on this program. That's fine. It's not going to happen today, though. It's definitely not going to happen no, today. No, there's too much going on today. <laughs> Morgan, uh, just a quick question. Are you a witch? <laughs> uh, me? I, I've been accused of such... Oh, well, just so you know. I'm not a witch. <laughs> I don't... This is all lost on Morgan. Absolutely lost. <laughs> well, since we've gotten through all the intro stuff, why don't we... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love that y'all have slowly transitioned more into a morning zoo show. Yeah, we definitely I, know, I do love that. <laughs> the problem is... The number of fucking radio hosts whose books we have read on this show, which means it leaves me listening to hours of these assholes hours talk of on their Levin radio show. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Mark, Mark Levin. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyways, as I mentioned, we are here today to begin our review of Ladies First <laughs> by Liberty Adams, the first book in the MAGA Hat romance series and the only romance book to ever leave the reader drier than when they started. <laughs> Benedict, how wonderful is this oh, book? Oh, it's so good. I was reading bits of it to my wife, and she was like, are we <laughs> sure that this isn't a man that's never met a woman before writing this I book? Mean, like, So before we actually get started on the book, Morgan does have a ton of information about <laughs> the author of this book. Morgan's been doing some oppo research on Liberty <laughs> Morgan Adams. has been digging deep on this shit. I, so, I went, I Morgan, like, I tell us, who the fuck is Liberty Adams? Okay, I did have to uh, message a friend of mine that was, and I said, you might have to pull me out. Like, just do some check-ins <laughs> to make sure I'm okay. Because I, I went deep. Um, yeah, right, so, that's right. 
So yeah, um, Liberty Adams, it turns out, is a woman in Mara, um, what is that, Maricopa County, Arizona, mm-hmm. as I'm sure yeah, you'd you, expect. is a familiar land for, you know, people, I'm sure, election for you watchers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, election watchers and such. Um, yep. So she lives there. Um, her name is Vicki Bendow. And she has written romance novels before. Like I even saw, I even came across an article from like 2010 where it was like she won a romance novel competition. And then I was just like, oh, this is getting, a, I'm getting a little stalkerish. <laughs> I need to like. <laughs> You're getting a little like the kind of person that might follow someone at a rally and then kidnap them. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I was, you know, it's like when you start finding, you know, newsletters about people's bar mitzvahs and stuff, it's like, okay, I need to, I need, I need to, to take like, a step away. This is too much. To, yeah, if you I know what, was, though, It really does make yeah. me want to find one of her other romance books and read those to see if those ones contain the sort of smut that I expect in my romance novels. Yeah, I am a big fan of, um, this is going to be the worst thing about me, there's certainly nothing <laughs> else, but I'm a big fan of a romance genre and um, fan fiction and such of that sort, so I have read good romance, and yeah. Would you say this, this is it? Would you, no, not this. Oh okay. yeah, man, I was I was as wet as a slip and slide, man, you know it, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But yeah. Meanwhile, then, I'm just a fan of smut, and this is not doing it for me. Yeah, not not doing it. Um, it's even come to the point where I've said, you know, as reading the book, I'm like, do I want them to fuck? Like, do I want there to be like at least something would be happening? But then it's, it's like just I'm also some awkward scared. fumbling and grunts, and that's it. Yeah, that's how it's I, knuckles I and teeth, Ben. That, knuckles that. and teeth. But yeah, so I found Vicky Bendel and also the owner of this um, publishing company. So called because I saw, you know, as um, as we've talked about off air, I saw where she used the I bet I guess this is the Fiverr of book cover. Uh-huh. Yep. And I and I said, but it says it's a publishing company. So let me look into this. So that's how I found Vicky and her son, who is a basically a wage theft lawyer. So this oh, is fun. Clifford Vandell the second. Um and yeah he also i saw i was just you know looking around and he owns a shrimp company as well you know how we lawyers also own shrimp companies it's my passion in arizona famous seafood state also it may just be because i'm a member of the missouri state bar and not one of those fine shrimp and states like arizona but uh i i currently have no business stake in any shrimp companies Mm. now my lobster business on the other hand is it's taken off it's really going somewhere that's that's good but yeah i had to ask i said people i was like is arizona known because i live in north carolina and of course the carolinas are known for their shrimp i've lived in mississippi you know gulf coast that's known for its shrimp i have never in my life been somewhere and thought "Mm, gotta get me that desert shrimp so (laughs) he says it's local and i was like how how is it local it can't possibly be local and apparently they do have a fleet of boats. So it's not even an aquaculture operation. I was like, they're out there fishing for shrimp. And it's Where? in Mexico. It's in the okay. like the Bay of California. Yeah, or Sea of Cortez. And then But I'm like, I don't think you can call it local if it's coming from a different country. That's an interesting Yeah, that you gotta stretch the definition on that one. Yeah. Unless he's saying borders are a social construct that <laughs> to break interesting. down. Interesting. Interesting. Something tells me that's not the, the position these guys are taking. 
Yeah, and therefore the shrimp is local. So, you know, that could be something. But yeah, no, I was reading his attorney bio, and that in itself was pretty funny. Um, they call the attorneys at this firm uh, wage... I almost said wage theft artists, but that's <laughs> sounds like they are um, the ones doing the wage theft. That's not it. It's, uh, yeah, so it's... Um, a wage recovery artist. That is what oh, it is. Okay, that's cute. Okay. Yeah, it's like when I worked at Quiznos and I was a sandwich artist. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not bad that, work if you can get it. Uh, yeah, Quiznos slash Baskin Robbins in a Exxon gas station in central Mississippi. Nice. It was a great job. Loved it. Uh, fond memories there. But yeah, so also in his bio, you know, where it has awards and honors, you know, typically I will have yes, you know, my does. publications. Yes, it does. Listed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he has an award from where he won a competition in elementary school for his poem <laughs> about the talking peanut butter sandwich. Which I was like, I please tell that. me you found the poem. Please tell me no, you found I, the poem. I did not find the poem. Um, <laughs> I'm sad though about it because I was like, I get that attorneys are trying to be like, oh, here's a fun fact about me on my bio, but I was just unsettled. <laughs> yeah, I was unsettled about everything that happened in the in the prelude to this this whole experience. Yes, so. but I was also trying to figure out, okay, is this parody or is this sincere? Right, because it's like the mega romance, and it's oh, you know yeah. looking at the book, it's like it's kind of hard to tell. But mm-hmm. I found Vicky Bando where she has commented on various you know freedom forums and the like, um, where she talks about people being members of the LGBTQ XYZ community, mm-hmm. makes you know remarks of that nature. So mm, yeah. I do know that this is actually written with sincerity. This is not a parody. Yeah, which, I mean, the other option is she's been embarked on like a 30-year performance art endeavor, which is just finally paying off with these books, which would be a much more comfortable way for me to view yeah. the world. But I agree, I think these are, as you said, actually very much sincere. Should we jump into it? Well, it's few so insist, why don't we get started on this, one of the great love stories of our time. <laughs> Absolutely. Like Romeo and Juliet, Iconic. Jim and Pam, Pam and Tommy... Kid Rock and that group. Yep. <laughs> anyway, relevant. All... It's we're keeping it relevant, Morgan. Yeah, out of yeah, all the Hulu series or something, world. I'm yeah, getting ads for. But anyways, we begin with chapter one, which begins. <laughs> <clears throat> A red blur greeted Ricky from inside the rapid transit trolley car as it whizzed past and came to a stop. Okay, she adjusted but I, the waistband. No, I have to immediately. I'm pressing the buzzer. I have to immediately press the buzzer. This is like someone who's like heard about subways but has never actually yeah, seen okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. This was a question that was going to come up for me later in the fucking book. Yes. Okay. Transit trolley, and later she calls it a subway. What the? You've never heard of public transit before? Of course not. She Where lives is in this fucking happening? Arizona. Yeah. Because I was like, there's a subway and there's a trolley system, and they're yeah. they're reliable but he's driving around a truck like also i have no idea i have no i have no idea what city what state what universe this is taking place is as we will later become aware the book also has no idea when it is taking place (laughs) but i also kept trying to figure out just based off of some characteristics where could it be taking place so we know it's not any red state because there's you know subway because there's, there's a subway, subway in existence in this well place. how many subways are there in america there's like five like there's really a, a lot boston new york city those are the three i can cool. think of so oh, this is in la yeah. la too has 
Kind of. Subway, apparently. But there's a trolley. So I was like, is this New Orleans? Is this San Francisco? <laughs> but then it was like the trolley's whizzing past. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been into New Orleans a lot as somebody <laughs> from that region. Like, the like they don't really whiz and past I, I, you. You don't have to, like, jump on the trolley before it takes <laughs> off. I don't know if we're going to get any solid answers to most of these we questions. Not, as we go. But it continues. <clears throat> She adjusted the waistband of her low-slung jeans That's and took her place in the front of the throng waiting on the platform. <laughs> Inside the car, not many were preparing to exit. She hated it when large events crowded the ridership on her line. This one, a Trump victory rally, keep that phrase in mind, mm-hmm. coming just weeks after President Trump's inauguration That's important. explained all That's the important. red, making her hate it even more. So she, okay, so she's implying there are so many red hats that, that are whizzing past. And again, yeah, the victory rally on being public weeks, transit. Yeah, on, on public transit, whizzing past. Again, someone who's never seen public transit in her life the phrase she adjusted the waistband of her low slung jeans is one of the funniest things i've ever read anywhere like what yeah i did totally just imagine like she's wearing like 90s low ride when jeans. Is yes this? and the thong's totally picking steep you know just peeking out of there the she whale, has to whale keep tail adjusting. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. whale tailing it away yeah oh, there's a lot Whitney of wardrobe notes on the wardrobe Okay, on also, the wardrobe. Is it? She's like she's in like a hoodie and low-rise jeans. Like, yeah. <laughs> in apparently have... the middle of a torrential rainstorm. We're gonna learn later. <laughs> with green hair that washes out with water. <laughs> yes, yes. God damn it! This is the greatest thing. So, in this first chapter, we're meeting our hero Ricky, who the author is immediately encouraging us to hate because a she's apparently annoyed that her bus is crowded, and b she's annoyed because they're Trump supporters is i think more important to this author and then we meet uh, almost immediately uh the other important well, but, uh, person uh, hold in on story. first of all she can't even decide if people are getting on or off the trolley because yeah, it it's a trolley sense. that's going to a rally but then loads of people get off but then also loads of people get on like it's very confusing yeah that, not, not exactly the most well constructed but so we meet our love interest uh, <laughs> on page two Hulk. I don't know. I feel like normally you you give at least two pages before you introduce. No. Also, the, the amount of times she uses the word Hulk to describe this man, I think yes. Marvel might have an intellectual property lawsuit. <laughs> that they. I, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but it feels like. Yeah, and that's all he's described as Hulk. is the yeah. Hulk. Yeah. And I'm like, can you describe him? Tell me. They're like, this man's so hot. And I'm like, is he? Tell me how hot he is. And she's like, fuck you for asking. <laughs> he's a Hulk. <laughs> Not even Hunk. So, Not even Hunk. He does. She doesn't even vary it. It's just Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, he's just big. <laughs> he's a big dude. So she's describing how Ricky is trying to get onto this trolley, bus, subway, international transporter device, whatever the fuck Airplane. it is. Airplane. Who knows? And she says, quote, From experience riding the line, Ricky knew just how to time her next move. She hunched down small, ready to shoot the gap. But a Hulk at her left elbow stepped into it. No! <laughs> she grabbed the Hulk's arm and tried to squeeze past. The Hulk stopped. Then smi- again, he, she just keeps writing Hulk. That's really fucking it. Then smiled when he saw her. Immediately, he stepped out of the way, blocking a wall of bodies. He ushered her forward with a gallant gesture. Ladies first. That's the title of the book. Yeah! Yay! Call back to the title it. of the book on page two. Two pages in. <laughs> Ah, a redneck, the kind that drew her automatic disdain. Ricky scowled. 
For good measure, she used the toe of one of his steel-capped work boots as a stepping stone and set her elbow in the vicinity of the Hulk's ribcage. Men like this only existed in the world of her father and brother, who were holdouts to a version of masculinity that was rapidly disappearing. According to fourth-wave feminism, most of the rest should have been reduced to blithering apologetics by now. Jesus Christ, I just want to do an audiobook so of this. Okay, I have I many... I read every line! I have many thoughts about this. First of all, she's like, this is the kind of da- a guy that she hated, apart from her dad and brother, whom she loved and were exactly like this. <laughs> I, she keeps mentioning, and we'll get to this, but she keeps bringing up her dad while she's like, oh, she checking has out some, his hot She has guy? some daddy, daddy stuff going on. Definitely. Oh, yes. Oh, and, and, like, and our love interest, who we're going to learn his name is Mike. Um, he has major granddaddy issues oh, going yeah. on. Oh, so much. I was like, stop mm-hmm. thinking about your dads and granddads. Like, <laughs> I, if I saw a man, it was like, oh, that looks like my that father. That looks like Let my dad. I wish I could that. fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would check myself into the hospital. <laughs> like, yeah, these are supposed ooh, to be boy. subconscious thoughts. You're not supposed to vocalize these thoughts, I think. I mean, there's actually... A, okay, we got to talk about Harold. Because Harold... Uh, takes the seat that the, the Hulk, soy a.k.a. Boy? Mike. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is the soy boy of the uh, of, Harold of the takes the seat that Mike was holding for Ricky on the bus because he's such a, a nice gentleman. Um, and Harold is described quite, quite poorly by this author. She says of him, quote, Harold sat with his knees closed, the very image of a detoxed masculinity. He wore a black watch cap. A scrawny beard feathered his jaw. Ricky thought he was simply repulsive. He'd struck up a conversation with her once, quietly suggesting they meet for coffee sometime, a topic she'd firmly quashed. She'd spent her entire graduate program perfecting the art of rejecting men. In this, her final... Oh my god, what is wrong with you? Oh yeah, and then it says she could give lessons in rejecting men, and sometimes did, and it was like... Yes, yes! It's like, yeah, because she rejected his seat, so you know she's a bitch. Because that's what I have (laughs) as my alternate title for chapter one, since the author didn't name them, I did. I offered you (laughs) that seat, you bitch! It's chapter one. Um... It yeah, so th- she just. I'm surprised she did not call Harold a cuck soy boy. I am yeah, shocked no. actually that she didn't because she's like, and I think that the knees close is a commentary on like I guess the man spreading thing. How men yeah. will just mm-hmm. like take up as much space as subway. She's like, no, it's actually great when men do that. It, I, I you know, <laughs> and I'm like, is this an actual? And it's crazy because I'm like, this is a woman, but it reads as like a man yeah, writing. Yeah, that's what my wife said. I uh, I definitely realized I like as as we were reading this, I realized I have my legs like firmly knees closed so i am i am harold within this situation oh no oh no Again. you'll never your, your wife will never want to get i guess i i guess i'll never get married yeah <laughs> But again, this is written by someone who so clearly has never fucking been on public transit. A, the knees closed thing, which is just fucking polite to do on public transit so you're not taking up everybody else's personal space. And B, Ricky apparently knows this person's name just because they're on the same bus train. Oh yeah, you were trying to the the, the soy boy on the the subway line. That's not how that works. Uh, They're invisible faces in a a crowd. You do not know any of the people who ride the same public transit as you. It's not how that works at all. Also, apparently... Can we talk about what um, Mike, as we will... The Hulk is wearing? Mm -hmm. Oh yes, oh yes. It's like a white collar button-down shirt. Right right before we get to that, before we get to that, I do want to point out that he, first off, uh, when Harold takes the seat, says, "Uh uh-uh, 
you defile the memory of my grandfather about Harold taking the seat. Which is wild. That is, yeah. Like, I thought he was going to put a, pull out a gun and shoot Harold. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't legitimately was like, that is a scary thing to say. I've, I've never seen... You defile seen... the memory of my grandfather is fucking fighting words. That That is fighting words. <laughs> but also fighting words is saying, uh-uh, in that order. Nobody has ever put those words in that order. I read it's, it as... Uh-huh. I read it as like, uh-uh, no, he didn't. Uh-uh. Like, okay, and then follow okay. up with that. Like, that makes sense. That makes sense. But still, that's not how you write that, I wouldn't think. Uh-uh. Absolutely true. But then we also learn that apparently Ricky writes a blog, which will be very important to this story, called Petra's Parlance. The man-hate um, blog. As yeah. It's, it's a man-hate blog. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a man-hate blog. It, that's yeah, all it is. Yeah, fuck you, man, is the, yeah. <laughs> But then, yes, we get the description of Mike. And now, I'm no common reader of romance (laughs) novels, but it is my understanding that this is the sort of area where the romance writer is supposed to shine. In writing about physical characteristics of the hot fucking hunk who is going to be dicking down your main character later in the story. Mm -hmm. That is my understanding of how this situation is supposed to work. And here is what our author wrote about Mike. (laughs) She says, quote, She stood a head shorter. She had to stretch all the way up to reach. He was trim and fit, despite his size, with working man's hands, large and rough. And his face was handsome in a rugged rather than pretty way. End of description. That what that 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 was it. That was their description. This this woman, either the the narrator or the woman, has an obsession with hands too. I've (laughs) I've written it like she keeps. It's like oh, her tiny, fragile women hands couldn't possibly (laughs) cope with the like. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that is a thing though. For like hands are like a very like hot thing. But um, I mean, I get it. But yeah. But I mean, you also generally are supposed to describe the rest of them now usually you leave like sometimes in a romance novel they'll leave you know the female character maybe a little bit more like non-descriptive so that the reader can sort of imagine themselves Mm -hmm. as the you know heroine of the story i mean sometimes they will go into great description though but the man is always like described as yep. you know, it's like to, again, it's like tell me how hot this man is. No, fuck yeah, you, you gotta for give me something to work with. She saw the outline of his nine-inch cock through his jeans, okay. coiled like a python, <laughs> ready to strike. Coiled give me like something. Give me something <laughs> to work with. Yeah. Something. Also, coiled so we like mentioned a the clothing sausage in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> I could do this. He looked like he looked like he was trying to smuggle a kielbasa out of a grocery store. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the gray sweatpants, yeah. Um, oh my god! No joke. I had a law school book. professor. Jeez. I had a law school professor who told us a story several times about how he had been arrested back in the seventies stealing ham from the grocery <laughs> store <laughs> by shoving them under his shirt and walking out. Oh, great guy! <laughs> I'm great sorry. Guy. Did he say several times? Several times, yeah, several times, Jeez. dude. Like, Dude liked him some ham. That's all I can say about it. Dude liked him some some honey-baked ham from the grocery store. Uh, but yes, you guys also mentioned the clothing description that we get. Extremely oh, funny. And so we get told that he's wearing a white button-down shirt, quote, 
the kind with the embroidered pony That's like her father wore. such a funny thing to say. <laughs> what do you like, mean, Ralph? Just say polo. You can just yeah, say polo. Is that what she means? I can't, also, like, I can't be bothered to look up or, or like I'll get sued if I say Ralph Lauren. So. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that there's enough cultural aware- awareness you won't get sued for mentioning that Ralph Lauren exists. Uh, pretty sure that's not a problem. Uh, the shirt is tucked into a pair of work pants with no belt. <laughs> Why? So we got a no-belted man that's walking around. You cannot, you're not supposed to tuck shirts in with no belt. That's against and the that, Yeah, that was my thing. Is Okay, it's okay to tuck your shirt in, but not with no belt. <laughs> then you just look like a dumb fuck. And then also work pants with a polo, and then yeah, like yeah, the yeah. steel-toed boots. I'm like, what is happening? Where did this man uh, come I, from? I, this is not a very well put together outfit. And then she sort of, my impression of the description of the hairstyle is that this is a woman uh, who doesn't know what the fashy haircut is called, but is trying to describe it in the only framework she has yeah. to work with. Yep, yeah. Because she calls it a Kennedy-esque frat boy cut. Those Which I'm like, do what does that? Together. Yeah, they don't go together. And also Kennedy was a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she would have. Uh, she would Morgan. have very hot takes about um, about Kennedy. So, M- Morgan, do we have any uh, inclinations about the QAnon leanings of this author? Perhaps. Oh. Oh. Okay. Mm. So I did not go. I was Correct. not able to find anything as far as that. But I mean, the fact that you're on a forum that's like Arizona Freedom Alliance, it gives me, you know. <laughs> I would say it's a safe bet. I, I've I've made yep. worse bets at the casino. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we we also just like before we get to the Kennedy esque haircut? She's like, she she's laying hints that this wo- there's more to this woman than meets the eye because because mm-hmm. Ricky sees Harold and then looks at the guy who will who will who will come to know as Mike and is like, oh man versus boy. So she already <laughs> thinks this dude is hot. Like, and he's yeah. saying yeah. that he's like her dad, though, because yeah. she's like, ooh, my dad wears polos. I'm like, every descendant of the mountains of Caucasus, every Caucasian's yeah. father wears polos. Like, yeah. what is going on? It's, it's not uh, special. <laughs> it's it's just strange. I mean, we're going to get some other strange outfit descriptions throughout oh, yeah. this book that stood out to me for various reasons, but... We'll get to it when we get to it. So uh, she also, you know, points out here that uh, she she wonders if Mike hunts and then gets mad at herself because the Sisterhood, which is an organization that's going to play a very important role in this book, uh, they would reject her application for membership if they learned that her father and brother hunted, apparently, I guess, is what it's all about. Yep, and there's it. all... Yep, that's what it is. And it's sort of the most prestigious feminist group at the school. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, she wants to get into sisterhood so bad. And I'm like, what does it get you? Do you become a member of the Illuminati? Because no, they let you become a witch. That's the answer. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way that, that this author saw it or believed that this imaginary organization she came up with that existed. But what it? feminist organization is like, because apparently also they don't let you get dick down. They don't mm-hmm. let your, um, they, even if a relative of yours hunts, then fuck you, you're out. I'm like, what the fuck does hunting have to do with feminism? Nothing. And you know again, what? it's this author is right. nothing, no idea. They're witches. Scary witches. All witches. Witch. Witches. They also, well, um, yes. sorry, I, <laughs> Morgan and I have the same touch point for witches. It's fine. Yeah. I, was, I, I was just going to say that another important thing is after she gets accepted, she's going to get a tattoo. 
which yes. is a tattoo that she's been wanting since she was a kid. Yeah, but we don't yeah, get so- to know what it looks like. No, she doesn't no. know what it looks like. We'll find out <laughs> later. She was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to get yet. Like, it's a tramp stamp. We case. all know it's a tramp stamp. It's I just live a tribal the 90s. tramp stamp with a little dolphin. <laughs> yes, yes. But so, yes, we learn here at the end of chapter one that apparently the inciting incident for this book is apparently an initiation ritual into a campus feminist activist group called the Sisterhood by a woman we've been told is in grad school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her task is to go to a Trump rally and write a blog post about no, it. No, she doesn't even have to write the blog post. That's just what she's choosing to do. She just has I to thought go that back. was no, like she the has thing. To go, she has to go back and tell them about it. That's what she has to do. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, That's which, dumber than I I'm thought. I'm like, oh, so there's like hazing? Like, this isn't a yeah. frat house. Yeah. Like, no. you don't have to go through initiation things of like, <laughs> you have to go to a Trump rally. I'd be like, you know what? The sorority, I'm out. I can't, yeah, I can't do I it, man. It. Yeah. I, was, I was down with like swallowing the goldfish and, you Yeah, know. you guys didn't have good enough appetizers at the mixers for me to want to go through with that. Yeah. Uh, but so chapter two. We are on now, and Morgan, what is our chapter title for chapter two? Oh, okay. Not even Liberty Adams can make these guys not be complete assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely true. And this one begins, quote, In this venue of perfect fools, Ricky decided, she was the wise mother. (laughs) But it was a low bar to meet. All around her sat the alt-right dupes, each one a replica of the next, and all engaged in an absurd dance of handshakes and backslaps. So we get alt-right, and I think what I saw was, she keeps using the phrase alt-right, and this is just like, you know, uh, a MAGA mom who saw a Facebook post from that daughter she doesn't talk to anymore back in 2016 and hasn't learned any other words since then. This is the intent, the, the, the impression that I get from this. Yes, but also in this venue of perfect fools, she was the wise mother. I was like, I don't want to dissect <laughs> the sentence. What is happening? Also, why was wise mother uppercased? Yeah. I was why like, was that capitalized? What does that mean? Is that a thing I don't I'm know. supposed to know? And also, that's such an intense sentence. Yeah. She does. She kind of yeah. she kind of has some bars here. I don't know what the fuck they mean, but I'm like, I mean, it goes off. Yeah, it's, it's strange. But then, even stranger at the bottom of this page is, quote, Is this seat saved? She would at least feign politeness. The spot was in front of a gaggle of suburban-type women, all well-coiffed and manicured, who'd elected a pussy-grabbing rapist for their leader over the most well-qualified candidate who happened to be a woman. Who just happened Don't to be a woman. Don't remind us in your book that Donald Trump's a rapist. Yeah. I feel like that should be obvious. I'm like, yes, Rick, because there's several times where I'm like, yes, Ricky, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's got it. Ricky's diagnosed it successfully. Yeah, yeah. It is fun that despite the fact this author is going out of her way to have the most hyperbolic and insane internal and external monologue for Ricky, she is occasionally stumbling on statements that are just correct. Yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. But also we get verification of the pixie cut here. Yeah, platinum pixie cut. Green tied platinum pixie. (laughs) Yep. What does that mean? Is that just blonde? Because to me, I I think it's blonde with a green streak. Like dyed blonde, but then a green streak in it is what I would guess. But I don't. Or like, because sometimes if you dye your hair platinum and then you go swimming, I've heard like your hair can green up a bit. So I was like, is that what happened? If so, that's not an intentional choice. That's like my hair's fucked up. (laughs) We do get verification later. 
that this is like green hair dye that she has put. Yeah, it is we'll green. Learn later, and she I, has to take it out. And so, of course, when I get the verification later that it's green hair, I'm thinking it is like emerald green. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what they think of when they think SJWs with their green hair. Like cartoonish <laughs> green. Yeah, yeah. Anime yeah. character green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I get yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, we then get... Um, one of the other greatest, probably the greatest line of this chapter right here, uh, which is where the the woman who she's talked to and asked if there's anyone taking that seat says, it's all yours, hon, which Ricky is infuriated. Ricky with them's fighting words to Ricky. Taking out her phone and writing down a note, quote, hun, misogynist, disrespect, lack of awareness. (laughs) And Morgan, as a woman, um, I'm sorry, I mean sperm receptacle. This is 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in the eyes of this author and Republican legislatures, of course. Mm-hmm. How offended are you by a middle-aged MAGA harpy calling you hun? See, I wasn't, but the way I read it was like <laughs> she was being a bitch. She was like, mm, it's, you know, because she has green hair. Because I know that she has green hair and short hair. So I'm thinking like, it's, you know, this woman is being, as they say, Midwest nice. You know, oh, where she's God, just like, yes. it's dripping on the condensa- uh, condensation. Oh, like condensation. Condensation. This, this whole book stupid. takes on a different tone. <laughs> if you just imagine everyone speaking sarcastically to Ricky, yes. this book is entirely different. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I imagined. Like, later we'll meet the gun guy, and I'm imagining, like, he's fucking with her yeah. the whole time. Mm. Like, I'm like, this is very obvious. Like, this man is fucking with you and not being sincere. Yeah, it's like, you're so, she, every, everyone in this rally is like, you're a fucking cop. Like, yeah, like, basically. <laughs> yeah, because she has green hair. Like, it, like wear a wig, Ricky. Like, nobody's falling for this. Yeah, they wear a Toby Lauren wig. Pixie cut means they know what it means. She's one of the LGBTs. Yep. Yeah, obviously. XYZ. Can, I, can we can we also talk about like about. green being her choice to demonstrate rage? Also, oh like, Benedict, I'm... oh Benedict, can I read the greatest paragraph Please ever? Do. Quote. Let's do it. She actually marveled at how different the mood was here—an almost infantile cheer. It was such a contrast with her own sides crowds. Crowds, always accompanied by shouting and rage that often spilled over into violence. Rage. (laughs) Rage and anger had become driving forces in life, expressed by her one cosmetic indulgence, a black nail polish and lipstick. Oh, and the hair. Green, her choice today. All served the rage. It fueled her activism against a world in a state of perpetual injustice. Yeah, black (laughs) lipstick is an activism. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, it's like, not. And I also do have these notes where it's not clear if Ricky is actually, I guess, does she have any core beliefs or does she just do the aesthetics? No, of, she's just mad. Like, she's yeah, just performance of anger. Yeah, it's like, it. I think that's the thing with this author as well. This author is very drawn to aesthetics. Um, yeah. In talk, mm-hmm. yeah but for someone who does not describe people, um, it's again, this is a rich tapestry. I, I think this book is a rich tapestry. <laughs> a very rich tapestry. It is. I also, is. My fa- I think my favorite sentence on this page is, uh, <laughs> is, There's so many is after from. the cheer sounds and a standing ovation on both sides when the aisle accompanied them, Ricky turned to the trad wife next to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Abby Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> like. That's so funny. That's outstanding. Yep, so yep, funny. that's who it is. That's who I'll imagine from now on. Yeah, just huge, song and dance. huge tracks of land. 
Uh, so we learn that there's a, a veteran at the rally, and some fine young men help him to his seat. Also, and... Which World War Two veteran is this? The wo- World War Two veteran is like 120 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very funny the way that she writes, like, Ricky turning to the, the trad wife next to her and asking about who that is. And she's like, a veteran. Like, after, like, a moment of studying the situation, a veteran. They do <laughs> yeah, a like, lot. how do you know? World War II, Korea, Vietnam, maybe. Like, like how, how do you know that's a veteran? Too? Also, well, like, because, you, because they would fucking tell you. You know they would yeah, tell you, that's why. Yeah. But so, yeah, Ricky says she hates veterans and, you know, the sisterhood, uh, they'd be mad if she didn't, you know, if she didn't show open contempt of the veterans. But she doesn't really so, hate them. She, like, has to pretend no, no. to hate them because she's had people oh, in her life who were Well, we learn were... basically throughout this book she doesn't believe any of the things no, that she not a single believes. One. It's just that she's, you know, it's the in crowd that she's into. Are all yeah, what you get stuff, is, so like, that's... what does a sisterhood get you? Like, if it's so good know. that you pretend <laughs> that you're, you know a liberal and you're just full of rage all the time because yeah it's unclear if ricky and i think this is a thing that conservatives do number one they love to imagine (laughs) converting you know people with their logic and reason and number two they like to pretend that we don't actually believe the things we believe Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. absolutely so she, you know, she, uh, after a little while, decides to take a, a walk around and go looking for the racism that she just can't find just sitting in her seat at a Trump rally. She has to go look for all the racists and horrible people. Yeah. And so she says. She's, and I'm like, yes, Ricky, because you're white. No one's being racist to you. I mean, I'm sure yeah. people would come up and say a bunch of racist nonsense, assuming she would agree. But again, it's like everybody has a vibe of she's a cop. Like no yep. one's going to, yep. you know, come up to her and be like, hey, what about the Mexicans? You know? Yeah. But the first group she runs across as she's on her uh, racist watch uh, is described as, quote, one group all dressed in identical khaki-colored polos with matching work pants and sturdy black boots. Oh, they're Nazis. You found the Nazis mm. is who you found. I think it, yeah. That's very clearly who I, you have I, found. I, I assumed these were the, and these would be Antifa, these people, but maybe not. Uh, th- these people, as far as I can tell, she never never addresses them again. I, I assumed are. this was Antifa, but I guess it might be the Nazis. No, these are just people who were at the Trump because she describes them as all being well. She wouldn't describe Antifa as being young and muscular, and she talks about how incredibly attractive this group of all khaki clad people are, and even even the women. The women had tattoos, and the men had full sleeves, and she's talking about they're just so fucking hot. This is the introduction to the orgy scene that I've been waiting for, but it just... Yeah, I know. Uh, there are several happen. setups where I'm like, okay, and then it nothing. I mean, it very much... I felt like it was going to happen, but it just doesn't happen. I don't know. I don't get it. But then she turns around a corner and nearly collides with a group of, quote, college-age youth, several of them persons of color. Just as shocking were the whites in their midst. At least two of the group wore red MAGA hats. They all carried rally signs. It shattered her expectations. She'd ignored the sprinkling of Hispanics, Asians, and blacks in the crowd as she waited in line earlier, thinking them merely outliers, betrayers to the resistance cause. But this, up close and literally in her face, she could not deny. So this is the first time this woman is going to write minorities into the crowd um, of the Trump rally when there's literally hundreds of hours of recorded footage of Trump rallies we've all seen 
that belies <laughs> this character. Oh, she writes so much. You can tell she's so insecure about yeah. the lack of oh, diversity yeah. because she makes it a point to be like, she couldn't even get a picture of just white just people. White because people. <laughs> there's always like a, and I don't like how she there's says There's just blacks. so many minorities in this yeah. crowd. Yeah, I don't like how she said, calls, uh, yeah, how she calls black people black. So I'm like, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't like that. That's a hard one. Um, not your word. Not yeah, just, no, no, no. just this lady, not her word. Yeah. She doesn't get to use that word. <laughs> yeah. And so I, yeah, I don't like that. But yeah, she makes it a point to be like, oh, look, Candace Owens isn't by herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's, ooh, it, it's rough. And but again, also when that moment happened, I wrote in my notes, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be standing behind the stage where the cameras can see you. Yeah. Because that's. The reality of a Trump rally. If yeah. We get also, down to it. The, the other thing, I, sorry, I would just like to point out that because we skip past it, I would like to read the bit where she admires the tattoos. Um, women's oh, tattoos. Please do. Were, oh, please do. Were less. So, so they were fascinating to watch. All these men were young, and I presume this is the Nazis. All mm-hmm. were young and muscular. Yeah. Even the two women she saw, and all but one of the men had full sleeve tattoos of varying designs. The women's tattoos were less prominent, but still visible. Ricky looked closely at the designs. She hadn't quite decided yet on her own t- tattoo design. <laughs> this is the person that has been wanting a tattoo since she was a child. She just, she'd never seen that thing before. What's it called? Swastika? Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah, like you are crosses on there. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was like, oh, tell us about the tattoos. What, yeah, what are they yeah. of? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Please do. 1488's there, maybe? Yeah, it's a significant <laughs> year, I guess. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so then she goes to the gun guy. Yes, oh, yeah, she runs yeah. across a gun And is like, can I buy an assault rifle, please? And the guy's like, obviously not, And the gun guy's not, like, what's an assault rifle? Because I don't know what words oh, are. Oh, you mean an AR-15? That doesn't stand for assault rifle 15. <laughs> yeah, they yes. literally had the Arbolite and yeah. AR-15 conversation. And yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, no, absolutely. If she came up looking like some Dylan Roof motherfucker, <laughs> this guy would have been like, hey, meet me after the rally, uh, you know. Also funny that even she has to acknowledge that there are no actual guns at the gun table at the Trump rally because, of course, there fucking wouldn't be and that wouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I know. Uh, If guns are so great, then why are there, you know, why why is everybody there armed to the teeth, right? Absolutely. And then the way he's like... You know, he says, honey, have you ever taken a firearms course, shot a gun? So absolutely, he already is, you know, making the assumption that, oh, this is a this is a cop. Basically, she's trying to, like, trap me. And then he, he says, oh, you have to have a background check and all this stuff. And I'm like, in most states, a background check is just like you check a box. So it's like, are you crazy? Yes or no? <laughs> like, th- that's it, man. Like, you can go to fucking Walmart in Mississippi and get a fucking AR-15. I could get one today. <laughs> like it's not hard i don't understand and after why the this... show morgan is gonna prove it by going and purchasing an ar <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how deep i've gone i've gone no that's why i've told my i've told people i'm like oh god hey, she's gone too deep she's pull gone me too out, deep pull me out <laughs> i've already called this a, a rich tapestry so you know I've, oh I've, yeah yeah I'm, I'm, so the next yeah. character we run into is a democrat for trump or uh you know a person in a democrat for trump t-shirt which is yeah, not, he's not a, a democrat, democrat at all trump. as we will find out he has never been a democrat because yeah, yeah it's, we'll pretty, it's extremely funny it's also i love how incredibly dismissive he is of ricky trying to ask him anything he just keeps turning around and trying to walk away from her after being like yep i voted for trump bye bye <laughs> 
And if that makes me a racist, so be it. Like, okay, well. (laughs) He literally says that. She says, well, aren't you afraid of being... He says that... um, Yeah, so... I don't know if the author is trying to be um, like Ricky knows the real hates on the Democrat side, but that mm-hmm. might be me giving this woman too much credit. But this man immediately asked Ricky if she's a journalist and which I'm thinking, Oh yeah, no, that's immediately because he's about to say some fucked up shit. Um, and he says, well, Trump is, I voted for Trump because he's taking care of the country and the little guy like no other president ever has. And he's able to take um, home more of his money and save money for his kids' college. And my wife's going to quit her job so she can r- stay home and raise the kids. And we've talked about homeschooling. So for us, the numbers are way, way better. If that makes me a racist, so well be it. And I was like, it's just a repost of this lady's Facebook screed where she thought she won the one sided argument she was having to the air. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And also it's um, Ricky is thinking, oh, yeah, so this man is willing to vote for a racist for his bottom line. Yeah, for his own benefit. Yeah, that does make you a racist. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And also a tax cut. Let me tell you, I'm getting fucked. Yeah. So I got fucked by the Trump tax cut because guess what? It went to the rich. It went to the billionaires. Mm-hmm. And guess who's paying taxes? Me. So fuck yep. you, Mr. Democrats for Trump. And he's like, I got to pick my extra job. And I was like, well, if you got a tax cut, then you're a billionaire. So like, yeah. what, I mean, this is also he on? writes this. Nobody's, she writes this as though this is like the triumph their job as a result like as a result of the trump tax yeah, if they couldn't already afford happen. to quit their job like that, that when those yeah. middle class people got an average of a 1500 extra dollars a year from the trump tax because oh yeah my wife got to quit her job because of that we're talking about homeschooling yeah. now because of those trump tax also cuts. can i can i please ask you both to reflect on the fact that he's like well if being racist is the worst thing i'm ever called i'm doing pretty well i would yep, be horrified yep. if i was called racist <laughs> You're like whatever, call me whatever. People have called me worse things. Like what? Jesus. Yeah, I was like, what are people calling you, sir? Like a like a rapist? Like that's concerning. Like what what else? I'm like trying to think of like what, what would else be did worse. You do? Yeah, what but else? But this is are like the doing? end. This is the end of basically his like tr- this is the triumphant. He's telling her how it really is. Mm-hmm. This is how it ends before he walks away. He pointed towards the arena. Those people want to raise their families and be left alone. They're not going to hurt anyone. He touched the word Democrat on his shirt. It's these people, these people who are hurting the country. So, miss, he touched the brim of his MAGA cap. Now, you know why I'm after this rally. I hope I've answered your question. Have a good day. Boy, how? So he's not, yeah, he's not a Democrat. If he yeah. thinks that, no, no. if he thinks Democrats are hurting the country, then he is not, <laughs> he either is like, I am pro hurting the country. But yeah, I just, just definitionally. Which I just happened, which he is by voting for Trump, but it's it's also like okay, you're not a Democrat for Trump then. If no, you think you're the Democrats a Trump, are also, like, Trump voter for Trump, yeah, yeah. So when he said they're not going to hurt anyone, I did write down except the LGBTQ community, drag yeah. queens, abortion clinic employees, black people asking for the police to stop killing them, the multiple people Trump crowds have beaten up for protesting, Capitol police officers, lawyers of color with suspended critic critique yeah. of legal realism. Oh, and Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, uh, but other than those people, there's a lot of other people also, that actually if you want to s- hurt. Again, it's like the you know when a guy's like, "I'm not gonna hurt anybody," I immediately I'm like, "I need to leave." Yeah, that's oh yeah, you, this guy's yeah, gonna hurt me. He's about to fucking like Go shoot off. me in the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
But yeah, so she ends this chapter. This is where we get the line about how she's trying to take pictures of the all-white, all-white crowd. And we know it's just really because the cameras don't show how vibrant and diverse the crowd is. But she's having trouble getting pictures that don't have all those many minorities in mm-hmm. them. She's just having so much trouble. And then we get to chapter three, which Morgan is titled... Trump gives a speech. What did he say? (laughs) Fuck you for asking. Yes, it is a fuck you for asking. She gives us none of the substance of the Trump speech, which should be a central point of this. Well, it's because of these two things. Like, she either has to write in a Trump speech, which is full of hate and also very Uh dumb because she goes on random tangents about water pressure and, like, Weird shit. Yeah, you I mean, can't transcribe could... a Trump speech and it not and make it look say. good. But yeah. then, or she would have to write a speech that is so good. You're like Trump didn't say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So she's stuck. She cannot say what the substance of a speech was. Yeah, There's not a lot to this, this chapter, chapter, right? I mean, it's basically Diamond and Silk leading a prayer. Is the okay? Is the how dare you ruin? How dare you ruin Sorry. my thing? <laughs> Because but then people, we're also she, introduced to a it. character like that we suddenly get a name for, and I thought I had a stroke. Oh yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, where, where did we meet this character? And no, we we never did because it just starts talking about Marilyn was praying prayerfully engaged, and I thought, who the fuck is Marilyn? We don't meet Marilyn. Like who? I thought I skipped a whole chapter, and no, it was just you know another. Fuck you for asking. That's the theme of this book. Yeah. Yeah, but she starts off this chapter complaining about how often God gets used at these Trump oh, rallies. The word God. is so funny. If the Republicans mm-hmm. didn't use the word God so much, thought Ricky, they might be worth listening to. <laughs> <laughs> that's always, Again, that's so close the to the truth. So funny. close to a part of the truth, I guess. Um, but yeah, so uh, we get told that there are these two uh, black women on there, the stage on, leading Kevin. everyone in prayer. I just, no, a, Benedict. I get to get this out before you ruin this for me. No, I'm not going to Because I wrote down on the bottom of my page, on the bottom of my page, I wrote down, God, I'm so racist for thinking it's diamond and silk. <laughs> no. And then I flipped the page! <laughs> And it's diamond and silk. Okay, what I wanted to say before you cut me off is I just want to point that, like, I, w- I want to note that she's like, in her own activist experience, Ricky could not recall anyone on her side using God as supreme being. Guiding yeah, force also, go fuck power. yourself. Although she had heard the name taken in vain many times. <laughs> Which I have been to every single like left event or rally or anything that I've ever been to that was not explicitly atheist has started with a prayer. So I'm like, again, this woman has no idea what she is even talking about. I sat next to Cornell West on a plane a few weeks ago and that man disproves your entire idea, his existence. (laughs) God damn it. And, but anyway, yeah. so yes, diamond and, and, silk. and yeah, diamond and silk are leading in prayer, which uh-huh. I thought was I thought was also a, a vibe of like her, the author telling us I've seen touched by an angel. I know black <laughs> women are spiritual. It very much has that vibe because they keep mentioning how spiritual they are and how they're praying. And I mean, the magical black lady is literally a trope for a reason. Like yeah. <laughs> you can't get away from it. It's a fucking trope. But, so yeah, she is so shocked by all this. The fact that Diamond and Silk are on stage leading a prayer is 
I guess, finally prove to her that she can't find any racism at this rally? Yes, because it's such a prominent position. And I was thinking, okay, who are all the black women who are cabinet members in the Trump administration? I'll wait. <laughs> like, he only had one. Like, I know he hired um, Omarosa for a little bit, but... Oh, God. That didn't turn out well for him. Yeah. But, uh, of course, he, she also throws in here that apparently they're not homophobic, despite the fact that she's provided us with no evidence of yeah, that. No and evidence. I would like to point out the author's very obvious homophobia in the post that Morgan found, uh, which uh, I did enjoy. But, so, uh, it happens. Trump comes onto the stage. She's taking, I don't know why she says she's taking down notes from the speech when it'll be on the internet when you get home. You don't need to transcribe We notes have Trump's speech phone. at home. Yeah, who types on their phone? <laughs> I don't even like sending texts on my phone. I'd much rather have a keyboard, but she's taking down a transcription of this fucking speech on her phone. Oh, but there uh, is and a part then, where, he do, where she does describe the speech, and he is awful in it. He is yes, a, he's attacking true. the media and using the Pocahontas line about yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Also, I thought I had caught her in a fuck-up this time, because I was like, yep. oh, he hadn't said Sleepy Joe yet, because he didn't know Joe Biden was a rival yet, because he calls him Sleepy Joe in the speech. And I was like, aha, I've caught her. And then on the next page, she was, so I thought she'd got her chronologies <laughs> wrong. And then on the next page, it says, on the same evening that is two weeks after Trump's inauguration, on the next page in this book, it says, weeks away from the 2020 election. Yes! Yes! So she gets this book doesn't when know this... when it is happening. Yeah, no yeah we don't idea. know when this is happening. Is it in the lead up to the 2020 election or is it after the 2016 election or in an alternate universe? Fuck <laughs> you for asking. It's yep. supposed to be just after, after the 2016 election is what, is what it's introduced as. But then I think she forgets or wrote the first chapter so far before or whatever that it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely 2020 election. God. Well, Could you imagine Joe if this book so had good. been a work in progress yeah. and there was time time for editing no i don't believe you i don't believe that's the case better was there an editor no there, there could not have been <laughs> there was an editor he also has a line on some shrimp for you <laughs> uh, then we get also, to chapter four well hold on i just thought it was very funny that her roommate is called karen because like her oh, yes <laughs> that was funny and that she's going to get the 9 p.m. trolley home yeah so we get to chapter you know four how trolleys are timed that well <laughs> you know how that is Chapter four. Mike's perspective. Is titled. Yes. So, um, violent fantasies about Antifa can come true. Or <laughs> mm-hmm. stalking is the new Tinder. I wrote it as Antifa attacks, but in the style of Mars attacks because it's just as fanciful. Yep. Um, it's, um, There's a bit in the Antifa attack that I like. I laughed out loud at. <laughs> oh, and there when is begins... also, I have a conspiracy theory about the Antifa attack. Okay, that's it. Also, okay. Well, it, it begins it, with it, a nonsensical sentence. Just what, the sentence that begins this chapter quickly, makes no sense one, whatsoever. One, one thing, she does spell it out as anti-fascist as well, which she I thought was brave. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, what, right. what are their problems with the rally? <laughs> the, the sentence that begins this chapter is, quote, by the time the cr- president boomed his last signature crowd warring, b- roaring, we will make America great again chant, Mike had one man-sized crush on a pint-sized woman just from watching her. Okay. Ugh! Creepy. Ugh! We have been in Ricky's mind for these last three chapters, and now we learn that Mike has been watching her. And he confirms that. Because yeah, I guess now we're in his internal story. monologue. We're switching back and forth between Ricky and Mike's internal monologues is what we're doing. 
uh, and it continues, but outside at night in a river of people all trying to exit. Her dark clothing and small size made her almost disappear. He keeps so calling he her watched her closely, size. fascinated by her, but alert to the threats posed by the protesters, anti-fascist especially. I, so the I read that be- as predators the first time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like she's like a small mouse that's being hunted by like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's going to keep talking about how small she is. Yeah, and it's I think very that, creepy. That's the only thing that it seems like. And also note that Mike. Oh, is this writer has her. a size fetish. This writer has a size play fetish. Yeah. Oh, for that's sure. Absolutely- <laughs> and Mike but- also, as you can see, he is into her. She, While she has the green hair and the black mm-hmm. lipstick and black nail polish, keep that in mind. And Mike says, well, it's, it's narration about Mike. He made his exit too, but stayed out of her field of vision. So we have verification that he's stalking. You're describing stalking because what you're doing. Yeah, because he doesn't want her to see him. And I'm like, why don't you want her to see you? That's, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I had to highlight the words that I hope I never have to highlight again in my life. Her breasts were firm and well-shaped, nice to look at. You know how you talk about breasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin where he's like, yeah, like sandbags, you know? Firm bags. Yeah, no, you're, no, okay, better, you're aware that that is a reference to fucking Wild Wild West, I, are you not? I did not know that, no. God damn it, Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, um, yeah, her breasts are nice to look at. You know, End of sentence. I'm always, I'm always saying that. <laughs> and then it continues, quote, something slammed him hard from behind. Okay, oh, yeah. this could get fun. Oh, yeah, I was doesn't. hoping, I was like, he's about to get <laughs> fucked by a Antifa. Yeah, yeah. I was like cheering. He stopped, pissed off. He'd let his attention wander. He knew what it was. Anti-fascists. The black hooded figures and bandanaed faces gave them away. Somehow they'd managed to infiltrate the throng of peaceful rallygoers without attracting attention. The punks ran and jumped through the crowd, tripping people, pushing and shoving, <laughs> stirring up mayhem. I like that this is just like teenage prank Antifa. Yeah, tripping people. You know how pushing. anti-fascist action involves just, you know, a bunch of tripping a bunch of random Trump supporters while Benny Hill uh-huh. music plays? <laughs> But also, we get a line here about how they have bike locks, and they had surrounded oh, that's a, Ricky. that's a Berkeley protest thing, right? That oh, yes. Like so a, that, yeah. it, it it sticks out to me, because there was one protester who was a community college, like, adjunct math professor, uh, at not at Berkeley, but, like, someplace over the, over the, the mountains, um, and, like, was at one of the Berkeley protests, the counter-protests against the neo-Nazis who were coming to our town when I was there. And, by the way, I was there that day. Uh, so I didn't, I don't remember the guy, but I probably saw him at some point. Um, and as soon as that happened, like he hit somebody, he hit a Nazi in the head with a bike lock. And so the right kept showing that video and talking about how sad it was that the evil Antifa hit the poor, innocent crypto fascist. Uh, so that's, that's just what I'm imagining made that make it into this book. But the Antifa have Ricky surrounded. And Mike is not gonna let that go down. Can I? Can, Mike can, steps in. Wait, one second. Can I please read the bit of like Antifa having her surrounded? Because this is the mm-hmm. bit. That made yeah, me, absolutely. This is, this is the bit that made me laugh out loud. So it's two paragraphs. So please bear with me. Mm-hmm. So he looked at the girl sprite, which is a weird way of describing a fully grown woman. <laughs> he keeps. Yeah. <laughs> I think he uses that phrase multiple times. Also, well, well, sorry, the first thing is, 
um he talks about like pushing through antifa and talks about it like like uh taking out his sisters like how often did you beat up your sisters dude like first of all and then second of all so he looked at the girl sprite she was surrounded by them paying attention now they were pushing her raising bike locks and bats at her screaming and torting driving her backwards and further away from him he saw her stumble unable to escape the bullies why they chosen to pick on her he couldn't fathom all he knew was they'd chosen wrong one of them shoved her he saw her step backward into the punk partner in crime she raised her arms to try to shield herself her phone flew from her grasp now her attention was fully on the bullies (laughs) that is the bit that made me laugh out loud this this woman's being threatened with bats and bike locks and she'd been like oh well whatever you know sorry gotta finish this tweet yeah Yeah. it's yeah all all girls be doing these days is eating hot chips being bisexual and on their phone you know like yeah But it continues. This is where it gets good, people. The bullies swarmed in and surrounded her. Mike stepped in, intending to make jello out of the coward who kicked her in the ribs. His big body easily broke the wall of wimps who turned on him. He swooped low, grabbed the phone, and shoved it in his coat pocket. Uh, By the way, we were never told he was wearing a coat earlier. We were only told he was wearing a white button down. He stole it off of one of the people he beat up, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Like when he changed her clothes. On his way up, he slammed into the pricks who'd assaulted her, then saw the one who'd put his shoe into her side. He plowed his elbow into the guy's nose. A crunch and a scream followed. He felt like Moses parting the Red Sea as he grabbed her wrist to pull her out of the melee. Escape time. She fought him, pulling back, thinking he was with the assault group. Understandable that she would think so, given that he just assaulted some people. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's all violent fantasies that people have about Antifa that people can live through because it's either like, oh, if I was there, I'd beat their ass. No, you wouldn't because you're a bitch. Or oh. it's this whole thing of, oh, no, I just want justification to oh, yeah. like, it's fill the, out the my- It's the masturbatory fantasy of justified it's violence. It's so scary. Absolutely. It scares me so oh, bad because yeah. these people that are, you know, they'll say, I wish somebody'd break in my house yeah. so I could shoot them. And I'm like, I don't want to shoot anybody. No, I would prefer what is not to kill you? a fellow human being. Like, yeah, they like, all think they're was, fucking Jack Reacher. Yeah, even if it was justified, I would still be like, oh my God, like, I took a life. I'm going to have to, yeah. like, go to therapy and shit. And <laughs> I have know. time for that. <laughs> but then, okay, I have to point out that the, the tonal shifts that we get in the next couple of chapters are so rapid, it's insane. Like, this is like protagonist of an anime gets a kiss on the cheek level of tonal shift. Like, he's just defeated enemies and he's totally hardcore, and next thing he's like, gee, gosh, you're so purdy. It's insane the level of tonal shifts that we get, because here's the dialogue we get now. You'll get hurt, he said. We'll get hurt. We've got to get out of here. These guys don't mess around. Also, I they like that blood. he's just like absolutely Yours. plowed through these like people he's calling pussies. And then it's yeah. like, we need to run. <laughs> 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 these guys don't mess around. They want blood. Yours, mine, whoever. But yours is easier to take than mine. But the cops! She was on the verge of hysterics. Have a stand down order. She probably hated the cops. They all did until a situation like this arose. Then why are you I helping her? Yeah. And also, he does not know anything about this woman. Yeah. He no, knows nothing. Not at all. They have not. He will continue to do this. They have no conversation about their beliefs, and Mike just yells at her about what he believes. He's like, "But you fucking are. hate me, don't you?" You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you're By being way, a the, fucking asshole. And the cop stand down order thing gives me a oh. hint that this guy, that this author is probably an Alex Jones fan. 
Oh, because yeah. that is absolutely an Alex Jones line. Also possible, because I've heard Tucker Carlson say it too, cops had a stand-down order on January 6th, but this book was written before then, so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it gives but me a does, hint that she's probably an Alex Jones It fan. does say, and you know how the cops, they, they love an, anti-fascists. They, oh, um, yeah. And they never treat Trump supporters like the specialist little boys and girls. Mm. So, yeah. I thought that was also Absolutely. fun. But then we get our next character we're going to be introduced, Ronan, who has the world's fastest pickup truck. Uh, because, or, I mean, there's two possibilities. The man has the fastest truck on the face of the planet. It's like the Batmobile has a jet engine on the back. Or this town is uh, less than half a mile wide, and he just randomly drives around <laughs> in circles all day when he's not working for Mike, I guess? Because he calls Ronan. And the what we get is the dialogue, and this is some great stuff. Ronan! His breath was heavy. Boss! Ronan was his relaxed, casual self. Need some help here, Ro. Ran into some trouble. I need you to come get us. Us? I'll explain later. Just meet me on 35th. We're heading west, south of Green Tree. Okay, I'm going to look up where 35th and Green Tree is. <laughs> please tell me there's actually... But, uh, please tell me there's actually... That we can finally narrow down what fucking city this is taking place in. But, um, less than, let's see, two lines later, Ronan has arrived. Yep. He, he, he just, no he's just arrived. He's pulling down the street, and they're trying to get this woman, who, again, I will remind you, they have never met before, into a strange man's vehicle. Yeah, and she does not know what his intentions are. What, like, mm-hmm. I was screaming at it, because, and there does come a part where, you know, she they're telling her, get in the truck, and she's saying, she's, you know, hesitating, be like, I don't know, and they, and then Mike later yells at her about this, and he's like, you hesitated. <laughs> and it's like, yes, because you were two strange men, I don't know who you are and my theory is that mike actually hired those supposed anti-fascist protesters oh, okay. Ooh. yes he Very hired them conspiracy so that he could because he was clearly having a rescue fantasy because he was scanning for the anti-fascist right and he's looking for them to attack her and yeah why would they randomly choose to attack a green-haired woman at a Trump rally. I think that he hired them to pretend to be anti-fascist <laughs> so he could quote-unquote save her and put her in this truck and basically take her as a hostage on this date they're about to go on. Because I, he has... You know what? It makes more sense than the rest of the setup of this book. It does. I think that. Mike has his plan. I think this is a li- <laughs> this is the Lifetime movie I am writing. <laughs> Fuck you, Liberty Adams. I'm writing my own book. <laughs> But you know what? Like, I, I, did, I would just say, like, I did a brief search on the internet. I could find no instances of Antifa attacking a Trump rally. It just didn't ever fucking happen. So this is all 100% complete fantasy she's writing here, obviously. But also, now we learned both of their last names. Ricky is Ricky Ellis. That's fine. Normal name. Mike, on the other hand... Again, this is your your male character. This is it's a romance novel. It's got to be a hot name, Mike Throbbingcock, uh, <laughs> Jim Steele, Rip Torn, right? Something like that. We get Mike Jorgensen. Mike <laughs> Jorgensen. Be, the way you were talking, I was like Mike Wazowski. Mike <laughs> 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 A couple weeks ago, I was watching an old episode of uh uh, what's that show uh. Unsolved Mysteries, 
which had the greatest narrator and, and announcer of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who it is off the top of my head, but he's the greatest. Um, and there was a, a case that came up as like a missing newswoman who like I then Googled and found that like her car was found with her dead inside of it like a couple years later. Uh, but the name of this woman was Jody Hoosentrout. <laughs> and I just, I'm sorry, but I can't take seriously the missing persons case of Jody Hoosentrout. I just can't. And neither can I take seriously that Mike Jorgensen is going to give this woman the dicking the author so obviously thinks she needs. Yeah, it's like he um, he's the CEO of Ikea. That, that's what Mike is. <laughs> We're going to find out. That's, you know? that's Jorgensen. Jorgensen. Very Jorgensen. different person. Also, oh, yeah, the way different. that he tells her this is she goes... She says, Mike what? And he's like, Mike what? I can't even. Uh, Jorgensen, okay? (laughs) He's coming up with a fake last name! (laughs) Even Ricky thinks it's dumb. Yes, but then also, I I want to say Mike (laughs) is looking at Ricky and saying, given her condition, um, so her black makeup's all smeared because it's been raining. Given her condition, it fit like she was orphaned or something, like she needed love. He mm. felt sympathy and protectiveness, even though she'd been an asshole earlier on the train. What? <laughs> he keeps even saying that how bitch small stepped on my steel toe work boots. Yeah, there's another bit where he said she looks like an orphan, and it was so cute. I was like, what? Why? Cute Why are you orphan? fantasizing about tiny orphans, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Again, this writer has a size play fetish. Uh, but then the solution to this chapter is they're going to the diner. That they're going to the diner. Yep, uh, there's a diner chapter. They just ran away from a violent Antifa attack, and they're going to the diner. Yeah, where they're about to be interviewed by the New York Times. So yes, that's what, I, that's what I named this chapter. I said, a Trump supporter in a diner, call the New York Times. Also... <laughs> Okay, but also... The worst date ever. Oh, absolutely. But this, for me, was another thing where it was like, okay, so I'm trying to figure out what fucking city this is. It's apparently a city large enough to hold a Trump rally that that marks off, you know, a bunch of fucking rural communities. It has a subway system, okay, or even larger, and it's somehow small enough that Roe knows what you mean when you say the diner, as though there's only one. There might be only one in the... So so there's no 35th and Green Tree, but there is a 35th and Green Way (laughs) in Phoenix. Which would make sense, oh, because she's from Maricopa. Yeah. Very possible that so we think it's found... a, I think it's a slightly... Uh, Phoenix doesn't slightly have a fucking subway? Of Phoenix. No, I know. I... But it does have a street... It did used to have a streetcar system. So... Oh, uh, maybe. Who knows? I think Who it's supposed to be an idealized version of Phoenix that actually has gonna... public transport. I'm surprised she didn't tie in the shrimp company to the diner. That would have been a great way to promote her son's company. We have just five pages of the waitress explaining how delightfully delectable and plump their locally sourced shrimp are here in this unnamed Arizona town. Yeah, the diner, Um, famous for their shrimp and grits. Get some. (laughs) It only takes one sentence. It's called Synergy. Like, yeah. It's like the <laughs> SNL Dinah Lobster skit with the Yeah. <laughs> but so we learn um I, I was actually very appreciative of the way that this chapter begins because it is uh probably the first time in this sort of right-wing performative masculinity world where someone does not demand black coffee. Just just black. That's all I want. Black and hot. That's all I need. He actually has cream and sugar. In his coffee. Much more realistic someone... for, the, for all the soft Trump supporters yeah. out there. <laughs> well, 
as someone who spent many years of my life engaging in the performative masculinity of black coffee, I very much appreciate it that this is finally someone who's not pushing for that. Yeah, and I know because usually people be like, "It's like, fellas, is it gay to have sugar in your coffee?" But um, <laughs> no, it's fucking delicious, is what it is. But Mike orders his coffee blonde and sweet. Yeah. Which I was like, what <laughs> does that mean? At a diner? Like, yeah. you're not at Starbucks. You're not getting a blonde roast. It's not a f- frappuccino. Like, <laughs> no. like, but apparently what it means, uh, and he has to explain this to Ricky, who is upset, is it means, um, can you pass me the cream and sugar? Is apparently what it means. Then just and he say says, that. Yeah. Well, but he says, yeah, like women. Get it? <laughs> Huh? Okay. okay. Sure. Um. Yeah, which reminded me of airplane when that uh little girl like when the I'll take it like I have my yeah yeah (laughs) when the when the boy offer says cream and she goes no I like my coffee like I like my men black and I was like (laughs) is this a riff off of airplane or those you know those jokes about I like my coffee like I like my women you know strong and black or whatever if it was an attempt it was a very unsuccessful yeah blonde and sweet i have never heard that as a description for cream and sugar and of course he says you rad feminists need to learn to relax (laughs) it's a joke okay got nothing to do with you again they have not had a conversation no, this chapter is all about him shitting on her in this diner yeah and her bullying her falling for for him for it he's so mean and then he insists he's a nice, the whole book is like him being mean to her and just breaking her spirit and <laughs> him saying, but I'm a nice guy. And again, it's a thing of like these guys that are like, I'm such a nice guy. No, you aren't. You're actually assholes. You're yeah, like, I they, like nice men. I like it when men are nice to me. So well, they do a little, they do a little cheers with their coffee cups, apparently. And uh, they, they say, he says rather, as they clink their cups together to intersectionality. Which sends off the majority of the rest of this section here, where uh, they get into a conversation about how he says intersectionality is for everyone, and she's claiming that it's not because the author doesn't understand what intersectionality is. And we do get the great, I mean, it is fantastic, where she, Ricky says, I'm one quarter Mexican. Oh yeah, that's very funny. Pretty outstanding line, so... Ah, uh, that that part that part drove me a little bit crazy. And then he responds to that with quote, "Then I'm intersectional for white and male and Scottish Swedish descent, and that makes me less than human, at least according to your people, right?" No, <laughs> absolutely That's not. Not how that works. No, and intersectionality was started by Kimberly Crenshaw to describe how intersections interplay because there was a legal case where a group of black women sued because they were eligible for secretary and office jobs, but in practice the jobs were only given to white women. But the courts looked at racial discrimination and gender discrimination separately. And so they said, oh, well, they hire black men in the factory, so no racial discrimination, and they hire white women, so there's no gender discrimination going on at this company. And then Kimberly Kirchhoff was like, you need to look at both, because mm-hmm. both identities uh, Morgan, intersect. Morgan, Morgan, we don't allow CRT on this yeah, program. We're oh, going to get cancel, canceled oh, in Florida. We, we have a big listenership in Florida, so we don't oh, want to... No. <laughs> I'm getting canceled for my brave ideas. Yeah. Our our line of don't Fauci my podcast hats is really not going to sell if you keep talking about all that stuff. It's just not going to work out for us here. But yeah, no, it is very much. There's, there's a whole page of him not understanding intersectionality 
and her not understanding intersection. But despite apparently, again, being in a graduate program of women's studies yeah, or gender studies or whatever the fuck it was, um, apparently not understand, understanding what intersectionality is, which uh, is is rather hard to believe, I'd have to say. But yeah, but he says also more... about that, he says, I still say it goes both ways. And my rule is just as legitimate as yours. In fact, more so. You've got Relativity. one sliver of the universe who believes the way you do. I've got everything else on my side. <laughs> but also, it's like, well, it, it's the argument of like, everyone has their own opinion. So, yeah, who's to say? But like, that, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. Like, Except then he, he says, apparently believes right. that everyone's on his side. Yeah. And she just has like Yeah, the five silent people. majority, which is why Trump lost a popular vote twice. Twice. Yeah, yeah twice. <laughs> but we get some more grandfather fetish on the next page, mm-hmm. uh, where his, his grandpappy taught him to treat women with respect. And it's Did he? Late- because he's not being respectful. No, he's not. He's being a dick at this diner. Ladies first was always his motto. It's mine, too. Oh, yeah. And then she makes the mistake of telling him where to stalk her online. Yeah, that's which dumb. Not, not a good idea, because she tells him what her blog is called. Uh, and he immediately, after, by the way, saying that he reads Fox News and Breitbart and Investors Business Daily, which this guy who is apparently in construction is into, this guy who I'm sure is not calling his broker to place large buy orders on the regular, is reading Investors Business Daily. Okay, that's, I I don't know, whatever, I guess somebody could have a weird weird reading habits. That is possible. Yeah, but I love how it starts from Ricky saying, you know, oh, I bet you just read Breitbart and watch Fox News. And he's like, yep. (laughs) Yep. I'm surprised OAN and Newsmax weren't listed there, too. Oh, well, maybe it wasn't in the common, maybe it wasn't in this author's awareness because um, it was 2020. And I feel like that didn't really become a thing until 2021. OAN and Newsmax? Those were all over the fucking place. Huge. I don't know. People have weird habits. We'll see. This, this, this woman does read more like your Fox News Republican mm-hmm. than, you know, she's just got talking points from Tucker and Hannity. That's where she's getting yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of what she's getting. And I think some Alex Jones thrown in there, if I'm going to be honest about it. But then he pulls up her blog on his phone and starts gives us critiquing some of, her ideas. <laughs> starts critiquing some of her titles. We get two, which are. How to incorporate activism in your daily life and nothing wrong with radical that. chic on a budget. Also, Those nothing the, wrong with that. I Yeah, I was trying to figure out what exactly is the issue there. And he scrolls through it and said, this is some great reading here. Thanks. Yeah, but and I imagine he I, said it like a dick. You know, yeah, oh, this yeah, is yeah. Yeah. great Sarcastic, reading here. Sure. Thanks. Yeah, because he's been sarcastic to her the whole time, talking about like, oh, intersectionality. Oh, more people believe like me, and just like not even letting her speak about what she actually believes. Just like yelling about what he imagines her beliefs are, which I find conservatives love to do. They love to oh, not actually much. be like, hey, mm-hmm. explain to me what your belief system is. They just like to imagine what your belief system is and then scream at you about it. And also, this is the point where I wrote in the margins of my copy, why does she get to have a blog, but Benedict won't let he won't let me have a blog? Because I don't want because these conservative idiots to yell at us in this way. angry about that, Benedict. I want to open <sighs> Petra's parlance, no, you can't. the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club blog. <laughs> 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 it's going to be a thing. But I, so they decide that he's going to take her to her parents' house. But first, 
she needs to go and get the green out of her hair and fix up all her makeup that's been fucked up by this torrential rainstorm that we had no idea was happening until after the rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to go over to his house where he lives with his twin sister. Oh, and, and I'm like, stop going places with this man. You do I not know. know him. You're like, at a diner. You're in a safe place. You have your phone. Call an Uber. Yeah. Like, ah. Again, not to be all stranger danger, but also do have some self-awareness. This man literally just grabbed you. And again, I have the same conspiracy theory. I think he hired those Antifa people. So um, Also, you saw him on the, the trolley bus train transporter before the rally. Exactly. And then he it's, grabbed you after. Yeah, you have to put two and two together and figure out he's been following you. Yeah, too many coincidences. I don't like it. But nope. um, yeah, so we get into. I think this is the start of chapter six. So chapter would you like six. To chapter six. The I would like the to hear two and then whole pages I, that make up chapter six. I would like to read the first paragraph of chapter six once you've done. The By the way, I, I, we didn't point this out at the beginning, but I do have to say the reason why it sounds like we are blasting through every chapter so quick is because they are all literally like four pages. Yeah, they're like maybe four pages. Chapter six, literally three pages. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just want to point that out. All right, what's your title, Moon? What no bitches does to a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then I'm going to read the first paragraph because it is amazing. Go right ahead. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. If she were a different female. <laughs> he also, by the way, in his internal monologue, keeps referring to her as female. Oh, so yeah. Female. He keeps using Women that. females are always, always red the black. Best. The best, the best males. Um, if she were a different female, he'd be holding her hand. She would wrap it small and soft in his larger, rougher one. She could be, wo- sorry, she could be, would be his girl. He shook his head to get rid of the image. It could never happen. Not possible. Why? Because <laughs> she's, why, why? she's I don't too know. small. I never have that, like, small oh, it's just not possible. Just, <laughs> yeah. just couldn't work. And he keeps commenting, and we'll see this in his inner dialogue throughout the um, throughout the chapters. But he keeps uh, yeah the inner the rich inner dialogue going on. Um, but also, I keep saying, why is he into her? Is it yeah. just that she's small? Because he clearly like imagines everything she about her. She he, like he hates, hates the black lip. Well, he likes the black lipstick and green hair, but she's about no, to. No, he that hates off. it. Yeah, that's he it. hates it because he later says, "Oh, you look so much better with that green shit off." You know, so yeah, it's like he, yeah. So it's like, well, you seem to be into her the way she was, but now all of a sudden you're she's not good enough for you. And I think it's also this thing that these conservative men have fantasies about. You know, oh, I could you know change these liberal women with my. It dick. is. It's the same. It's the same <laughs> way women think they can fix men. <laughs> Oh, that's sick. Oh, women, God. Same way women think they can fix a fuckboy. But, fixing but a liberal, I can be fixed. Woman. I can be fixed, Benedict. All of our you, listeners out Kevin, there, Kevin, you be cannot fixed. be fixed. There is no way to fix <laughs> True, I am but irretrievably broken. I can truly fix him. That, it doesn't apply to me. I can truly fix anyone. Uh, but so this is also, to me, where we get one of those tonal shifts I've been talking about. Where, so, two chapters ago, we had the very serious, they want your blood. They're going to get it no matter what it takes. And then we got in the diner, fucking blog. (laughs) Now we're talking about how much he enjoyed the rally. And he said, it says, quote, he chuckled and grinned at her. What do you think I thought? You liked it? Damn right I liked it. Awesome to be in the company with such great patriots. Spilling his monster energy drink all over himself as he's (laughs) screaming about how great the Trump rally was. Just a weird 
weird tonal shift. And I know that it's my internal monologue of reading the book that is doing the tonal shift, yeah. but I can't read that in any other way than that. I just can't. Because he continues with, we're the greatest nation in the history of the world! Woo! You know, too bad you don't appreciate that stuff. You ought to try it sometime. Weird, weird tonal shift for Also, me. what are they, what, why are they patriots? You just attended an event. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not anything that's making your country better. In fact, y'all are making it worse, and y'all went around and spread COVID to everybody. I'd love so... to go to a concert and call myself a patriot. Because they <laughs> yeah, love basically... their god king, Donald Trump, who is the greatest American. Uh, he's a true warrior and a hero with a 24-foot-long cock. And if you don't believe that, you love the terrorists. And that's how they win with the communist Chinese's help. Anyways, also, the book I have continues. in my notes. That was all a quote from the book, by the way. All a quote from the book. It was not. <laughs> Just so you know, I don't know. Like, people might think that. Um, <laughs> I mean, who knows? But yeah, I said other countries are fine too. It's yeah. it's fine. There are things I've I like about Canada. America. Yes, it is just It is fine. Canada's fine. It's great. Yeah. We can all just be fine and be very chill. And, you know, we can all cheer for our countries in the Olympics and it's fine. It's, it's, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yep. It's all fine. Everything's fine. Also, but, yeah, know, this she is, hates America. This, this is the bit where, where he says, where she goes, I must look awful. And he says, no, you look like an orphan. It's cute. And that's it. He just leaves <laughs> it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they decide that they're going to go stop at his place so she can rinse the color out of her hair and wash her face. And he's very surprised about this, by the way. And, and she reveals here that it's because her parents don't like it. And she says, Love to be a radical probably, who still cares what my parents think. <laughs> probably a generational thing, but they're my mother and father. I indulge them. To which Mike responds, Really? You actually honor your father and mother like the Ten Commandments? There's hope for you yet! God, he's such a dick! I hate him! I hate him! Like, oh, oh, you you don't flip your parents off at the dinner table? Like, oh, you must be a Christian! Like, I I remember when I was like, I think probably a senior in high school, and my older brother got his lip pierced. (laughs) Uh, The one who is still conservative. Uh, and came home to my conservative parents, um, and they were fucking furious like any conservative parent is over their child being the slightest bit nonconformist. It's also, it just, it tied back for me, Ben, we talked about this on the book we did last week on the Mark Levin, Mark Levin chapter, like, he's talking about how it's the conservatives who are the real nonconformists, yeah. and it's just, no man, this is the definition of conformity! yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't even tolerate them looking different. Go fuck yourself. But uh, we reveal that uh, she goes to a university apparently called The University. No further detail the on university. that. Why would we need any of it? <laughs> I just still want to know where this book is set, and they're not giving me any fucking clues. Like, you, you could have written it in Arizona. That's that's a place where a Trump rally would happen. It would make sense. It would absolutely make sense. But I think it's Arizona. Just... I think it's Phoenix is the idea. But they don't yeah, have a fucking subway. To, what, Arizona State? You know, yep. that bastion of radicalism. <laughs> Radical feminism, yeah. Yeah, Arizona State. But you know, for it. we also get some hints here, or Mike is, Mike is picking up some hints, that she doesn't actually believe all that feminist crap. The phony feminist crap, yeah. Yep, that's the direct quote from the chapter. That, But Mike is apparently seeing that it's all a facade because she wants to 
get into that sisterhood and all that sort of stuff. Well, it actually says she kept showing a side of herself that belied the phony feminist crap she spouted. It threw him off balance. And I'm like, where? How? What did she talk about? I think because it says she's grabbing onto his bicep. Mm -hmm. That's what I think that is. That's it. I'm not sure of anything else that would belie that. Yeah. Under her soft hand, his arm felt like a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Solid as a rock, but um, you know what though that that's your romance book language. Though. Oh, also that, that I expect. Here's where he says he doesn't get any bitches. He says he is afraid she will let go and doesn't want her to. He hadn't had the mm-hmm. feeling of a girl on his arm in a while. Yeah. Oh, gee, Mike, I wonder. I wonder why. Maybe because you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, also, it also women. says just to say- it says more explicitly. About going to his place. It was a place any man would be happy to bring a girl, even a man who lived with his sister. Which he did. he brought home very few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And also, sorry, I it, we skipped a bit over when Morgan read that bit, but I just want to note, he says, under her soft hand, his arm felt like a rock, an anchor, but she didn't seem to notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That I, I okay, we've gotten in this a case of the author not knowing where it's taking place, not knowing when it's taking place. <laughs> but in this case, we get the is. character not knowing whose thoughts they're writing about. <laughs> so that's him. That's pretty that's great. him describing his own bicep as a rock <laughs> under her soft hands. <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of time in the gym, but I don't think I have ever described my own muscles. My bicep as, rocks. as an anchor. <laughs> But then there's also on the next page, there's just a line out of nowhere, out of fucking nowhere, where apparent, this is her, this has to be Ricky saying this, I'm afraid. Just, just, that's the line, that's it. There's no pretext to that, there's no subtext to that. The girl side of her, yeah, it is her. Just she's afraid and she's hanging on to him and I wanted the next line of dialogue to be him being, of what, her? Spiders. (laughs) But I didn't. Well, I wanted that. her to be like of you, but <laughs> <don't> know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. And it it describes that as yeah, her the girl side coming out of her when she says, "I'm afraid," the worst. and I'm oh. like, oh, oh. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate yep. all of it. Not also, great. where is Ronan? Do we oh, ever? Yeah. Ronan's <laughs> fucking gone. No, Ronan bailed. Ronan, uh, Ronan dropped them at the diner and fucking ditched. He, like, didn't he never got any dialogue, a description. He's literally <laughs> just a plot device to take the characters from location also, A like, to location he's, B. He's a foreman also is what we learn at yes. the end of this chapter. So I was yeah. like, why is he just driving around waiting? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. And and he calls Mike boss, which would make in construction parlance, which this lady does not understand, but, uh, you know, I do because I was in that world for a while. That would make Mike most likely a superintendent. Yeah. Which is not something someone of his fucking age is. You just don't make it to superintendent in your fucking 20s. That doesn't goddamn happen. Yeah. It's not a reality. Unless you're uh, Donald Trump Jr. and your first job is well, VP. Well, that is very much the, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that kind of thing I worked happened. so hard to become VP of the construction company at age 26. Yeah, okay, but... <laughs> I mean, I guess it's possible that Mike is like a construction manager... He went to college for construction management, but there's no way Mike went to fucking college. There's no way Mike went to... You I'm overthinking them. this. I don't know why I, I give I, a fuck I, this I actually much think about this it. book is quite good at being like, yeah, Repu- like normal Republicans also voted for Trump. So like, I actually think that, you know, there there is maybe a... a this book is quite good at admitting that and not being know. like, yeah, I don't fucking know. Anyway, really can we do the know. last chapter? Uh, because we okay, are well, running can we, Before we do that, we long. do get 
Ricky admitting that the reason why she was scared to get in the car was because she thought he might be a rapist yeah. or a serial killer. <laughs> Which also, Ricky does not know that he isn't. No, now he's taking you to her, to his house. <laughs> yeah, you don't non, know that he's non, not. Non-neutral yeah, ground. Like... And then the chapter ends with the line, and don't worry, my sister has shampoo and whatever else you need. I wanted to end with dot, dot, dot. Like, uh, t- tampons? Those? That's girl stuff. That's how awkward Mike fucking is in chapter seven. Because again, there's another tonal shift that is going to happen here. And it's fucking wild to me. So chapter seven, Morgan. Okay. What's our title So before we seven? get into this, he says his sister has her... And again, I'm confused about it because it's rained and it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. it ruined her hair. So I got to think this is you know, permanent green hair dye. And he's like, oh, she got shampoo, whatever else you need. You don't just wash green dye out of your hair. You have to like bleach it or strip it. And that is a process. Like even if you go to a salon, that's going to take a stylist hours. My impression is that this is like that, you know, costume party, temporary hair coloring stuff, like the spray in, like that kind of stuff. You would think it would have fallen out. That's my impression of what this is. Yeah, because it washed out in the torrential rain. Yeah. Yeah, because well, of a crazy rainstorm. That's why I was so confused. And, I don't know. It makes no sense whatsoever. But, but chapter seven, this man is so hot. Really? Tell me how hot he is. Fuck you. Just trust me. Also, my alternate <laughs> title is, did we just meet Michaela Peterson? <laughs> Maybe. Also, my favorite bit about this chapter. If this woman was just eating a fucking turkey leg. Yes, we would have. <laughs> my, my, favorite, my favorite bit of this chapter is that the, the sister is called Michelle. So we've got here Mike and Michelle, which I know they're twins, but that's so yeah, unimaginative. Which Mike is short for Michael, so it's yeah, exactly. Michael and Michelle. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So awful. So awful. But it begins, quote, and you went to the rally exactly why? Michelle's question contained a faint bit of skepticism. Ricky could tell that Mike's sister had doubts about the woman she was helping out right now. Doubts any woman might have for another, especially one who appeared on her doorstep in the company of her roommate brother. So she's skeptical. Yeah, she's right like, who's this bitch? Good to know. Which I was like, and- are Michelle and Mike fucking? <laughs> I, you yeah. know what? Um, I wouldn't put it past this author to be writing that guy in a great porn in the back end uh but anyways so she gives ricky the makeup remover and a cleansing cloth uh, some of us just call that a washcloth um and she's taking care of the makeup and the hair apparently um and she gives a half truth to ricky about why she or to uh to michelle. michelle about why she was at the rally right she basically says well you know i'm joining a feminist group and they expect me to go over and report on it and doesn't talk about the blog at all i don't now, why that detail matters that she left it out, but the author very much wants us to know that she didn't tell Michelle about the blog, pretty much on purpose. Uh, and uh, there's a description of the house, which belies every conservative household of, like, someone in their 20s that I've ever been into. And I was in many back when I was a right-wing shitbag in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, this is described as framed family photos, some from decades long past, hung on the walls. A well-worn Bible sat on an end table. A sense of respect for tradition permeated the place. Ricky must be on her best behavior. When the reality of this sort of household is, uh, there's a 65-inch screen TV, uh, a bunch of camo jackets lying across mismatched mismatched sofas, uh, and a bunch of random guns lying around. 
is is how these households are really act like in real life. But Michelle, uh, she seems surprised that Ricky thought she would find racists at a Trump rally yep. because all of our characters are clueless in this universe. Well, she even it's even. Um... Ricky says she went to the rally with certain expectations, but didn't find any. And then Michelle completely unprompted says, you thought you'd find racists? And it's like, you said it, Michelle. Nobody yeah. else did. <laughs> We're better at hiding mm-hmm. them than that. Come on. Especially when you've got green hair. We're not dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, Michelle, like you're the one who said, oh, you thought you'd find racists, didn't you? And it's like, mm, that, you well, said yep, it. Yep. But, you know, Ricky basically said that, Oh, there was plenty to disagree about, but she was surprised, too, I think, about the lack of racism that she saw, is what is the implication there. Which and did then you she look? Tells, yeah, well. I, she, she found Nazis! She found fucking Nazis! Uh, but uh, she then tells Michelle that, and, and basically, the, the level of conversation they have is, here's a comb. No racists? Huh, isn't that surprising? Well, did you enjoy yourself? Okay, you gonna fuck my brother? That's basically the conversation we get between Michelle and Ricky here. That's all that fucking matters that happens. Really, I'm really disappointed. I'm really yeah. fucking disappointed. I, I, in my mind, she's Michaela Peterson. Because mm-hmm. it's much more fun to imagine that then she goes back to eating a handful of beef. <laughs> <laughs> but also, basically, Ricky earns Michelle's respect because she said that the reason she's taking the green out of her hair is so her parents don't get mad. Why is that a thing and, that deserves respect? I'd be like, then you're a pussy. Like, yeah. I, I don't, don't fucking know. I don't fucking know what the situation is. And then there's this strange fucking line, which is, quote, Without the colors, she looked, she knew, like a woman who would fit in at the rally. A woman who might attract the, the attention of the man now checking her out. So, a, a blonde? Yeah. A blonde. A, that, so a, a tiny, blonde is someone who would belong blonde. at a Trump rally. Tiny blonde, which is, tiny lady. Which is also goes tiny, into tiny the blonde. idea that like women dye their hair fun colors because we try to, you know, reject men or whatever. True, and we don't yeah. want to be seen as pretty or whatever the fuck. And it's like, come on, Kylie Jenner had fucking blue hair. Like, <laughs> relax. Relax. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and Mike, when she walks out of, okay, uh, there was a shower that happened at some point here, which is never explained. Uh, I was told that we went straight from her talking to Michelle and cleaning out her hair to walking out of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. There was no shower at any point ever. Well, he also had a shower. Okay, apparently they both had had showers. Who the fuck knows what's going on here? And he's wearing a blue shirt now, but the same style. So he's got a blue polo shirt on now. Uh, and she's talking about how hot he is, and you know she's but she's really without into any him description. And yeah, any description. So, he's so hot, he's so, so hot, and it's hot. And he's the description hot. is undeniably handsome. That is the totality <laughs> of the description of how objectively good looking. <laughs> <laughs> but it ends. Chapter seven ends. I will read a Thank portion God. of the final paragraph here because we are we're we're not going any further than chapter That's seven it, today we're we all already an hour and 40 minutes in. yeah it's a long old we're gonna finish this up uh in a couple weeks but it concludes quote it didn't matter what happened between them anyway ricky's priority lay with her grad po- program her position in the department and most of all membership in the sisterhood Preserving the worldview took priority over a momentary flirtation. The membership (laughs) tea would take place on Friday, where she would be inducted. She would not sacrifice that for any male, especially one like Mike. Ready to go? Ricky nodded. Let me get my things. Sure, Mike said. 
I'll wait in the truck. End of truck. chapters. Down of course he has a truck. Of course he has like, you know, probably the the most obnoxious jacked up truck that he yeah. has no use for whatsoever. I mean, I guess he's a contractor, but, so maybe. But, but really? Yeah, really. She just ended a chapter on I'll wait in the truck. I can't believe that fucking happened. I can't. Yeah, and preserving the worldview took priority over a momentary <laughs> flirtation. That's Who thinks like that? That is funny. like a robot. That's that is like, a- that, that's Stalinism <sighs> is what that is. Well, I mean, it's someone who has bought so completely into the right wing line about what the left thinks and why they think it that they have to assume this is the actual internal dialogue going on with these people. It's very funny. I, it's very, and I love very that the, and also, I, mean, I love that the sisterhood is gonna have like a high tea. I was like, Ooh, yeah, I want to go to a high tea. That sounds like a lot of fun. But then the sisterhood apparently won't let you get dicked down by anybody. And I was like, Oh, I'd be out. I'd be I'd be so what? canceled. They would I was I was ooh. so mad. I was thinking if they don't fuck in that truck on the way back to her parents' house, this oh, book yeah, is just not. No, they're not they, they can go He's pick up the all khaki orgy group from the friends. rally and get them and tr- and start writing that scene. I'm down. It'd be great. But we'll have to wait to find out, as we'll be completing this book next time around. Mm. <laughs> Benedict is so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. And it, it's it, it for, you know, it to be nearly halfway in, it's like nothing has happened, yet it's so no. much. They, they, okay, Antifa attacked. You could, I guess you could call that a plot point. But other than that, yes, nothing at all is fucking happening. She washed some green hair dye out of her hair. That's it. <laughs> As far as plot goes, it. because there is, I cannot even exaggerate, there are paragraphs of just the political screed that we've been talking mm-hmm. about. That's oh, what it is. God. It's, it really is. It's She's taking all those Facebook posts that got two likes that were her, you know, uh, 500,000 word long screeds, and she has turned them into A the book. dialogue yeah. and internal monologues of her characters in this book. That's what it's all about. But do you want to hear my alternate book titles? Yes. Oh, yes, please. Okay. I've got these flags are as red as his MAGA hat. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can fix her by breaking her, but not in a fun way. (laughs) (laughs) These colors don't run from Antifa. Oh, wait, they did. Shit. (laughs) That's a good one. That is a very good one. A manifesto with maybe romance. (laughs) And is it manifesto to, with man high, like capitalized as well? Oh yeah, <laughs> manifesto, yeah highlighted, yeah. underlined, bolded, yeah. and also to give some uh, a shout out to Grover's. Uh, there's a monster at the end of this book. I have said there will be a murder suicide at the end of this book. <laughs> oh God, involving QAnon in some way. I'm sure. Yep. Yep. That's how this book ends. Oh God, this is Ashley Babbitt. We're reading the Ashley Babbitt story. Oh, no. Don't tell <laughs> no. Paul Goser. He's yeah. going to fucking oh, come on himself. Anyways, that is where we are going to leave Ladies First for this week. For we'll now. be back to it, like I said, in a couple of weeks. Morgan, thank you so much <laughs> for, for bringing doing that. this delight into my <laughs> life. Um, I have not enjoyed a book this much since Infinite Jest. Um <laughs> Benedict's laughing because he knows I've been unable to finish that. <laughs> uh, and uh, if people want to find more of you, other than the wonderful Opening Arguments podcast where you make appearances, where can they find you? All right. Well, you can also find me on the pack, pod, bleh, the podcast, uh, Humans Holler at the News. Um, comes out wherever um, podcasts are found, Spotify, iTunes, things of that nature. 
Things. So, uh, <laughs> yes, crab rangoon, things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, you can also find me occasionally, as you said, on the Opening Arguments podcast. I do a segment on pop law every once in a while. So uh, I talk about legal issues in pop culture and celebrities and such. It's a lot of fun. And if they want to stalk you online, <laughs> where can they do that? Okay, well, you can stalk me online. Mostly, the easiest way to find me is Twitter, because I cannot leave that hell site. I'm trapped mm. in that, like we are trapped in this rich tapestry of a text. So um, that is Mo String. That is M-O-S-T-R-I-N-G. Right now, my username is potential DC Circuit nominee Mo. <laughs> um, because there is going, if KBJ gets through, there will be an opening and tech Technically, damn straight technically, technically you are qualified technically i am um now ted cruz would um blowing up my tweets on poster board it would be very funny yeah <laughs> you know what biden should do it just for the novelty i think, I, it'd be I, worth think it. I think that would be a lot of fun but thank you so much again for being on morgan and thank all of you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show remember if you just can't get enough of us you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of all our episodes, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon, Utah Outcasts, Paws, Brent Lee, David Garrido, Dave Barwick, Charles Trulier, Dodd Snow, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Ellie Bartlett, Mockingbird Nation, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Dig Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, take a walk. Goodbye. Bye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.